you feel like you shouldn't feel the way you do or you know I'm wrong for feeling this or you know my friends don't feel this way so why do I and I'm telling you now that's not the case you know you'd be proud of, of whatever it is you're feeling be it grief or, or mental health struggle um, and know that there's people in the world that feel the exact same and want to talk to you. Hi guys and welcome to episode number six of the MitFit podcast where we have um, Jack and Ben from The New Normal. Hello gents, how are we both? Hello Joe, good to see you mate. Benny? How you doing mate, you alright? Very well, thank you. Good, good. We just had a little bit of an interesting chat about Jack and his new decorations, <laughs> which unfortunately this is audio so we won't be able to show you the absolute plethora of incredible... A faceless fairy that I've managed to pick up for, yeah, no less than £10. Exactly. There we go. Exactly. Talk. There's no bargains left in London, people say, but I think you've absolutely hit the nail on the head. Um, so you guys run a charity called The New Normal. Um, one of you like to talk me through what that is? Yeah, Jack, do you want to do that? Yeah, happy to, mate. Happy to. Uh, the New Normal, I think the tagline for a long while now has been helping young people through life's difficult moments. So we're um, a platform that offers peer-to-peer support groups um we used to do it physically and we still have plans to host physical meetings but in lockdown about one of the only thing only benefits of, of being locked down is that we've moved the charity to the virtual world and we now host um well last week we hosted five different peer-to-peer support group meetings um across uh, google hangouts and we sort of sit and we talk openly and honestly about our feelings um good grief is our bread and butter as we say that was uh, our grief support group that's been running now for well over two years um, and we've recently launched Boys Talk which is a men's mental health peer-to-peer support group. Um, the space is uh, open and honest as I just said, completely non-judgmental, um, free for the attendees to use as they so wish and there's never any pressure to talk but by being in that environment and around people that understand the idea is that um, you know that that feeling of isolation and feeling like you're the only one that's having these thoughts is a uh, you know is quashed pretty quick and you're there supported by people that completely get how you're feeling yeah awesome and i think that's massively needed i mean we we're just kind of saying so ben was mentioning that you guys met in 2015 when he got the uh the joy of cutting your hair when you just moved or something oh, um, right. and yes and then um so basically um did you want to kind of again talk through that kind of that meet and how you guys got talking and how this kind of idea I guess started really. Well, I'd throw that to Ben because I was just getting a haircut. Um, so Jack, Jack came in for a haircut. Uh, in that moment, I think I found out a couple of weeks earlier that my dad was actually dying of cancer. Um, so he had been diagnosed with a brain tumour um, and we've been given about a year for him. Um, and Jack came in, sat down, we got chatting. Uh, and it transpired that Jack's dad had actually died two years earlier. Um, and I think the biggest thing for us, actually looking back, uh, was that not only were our dads both dying, uh, well, not only was my dad dying and Jack's dad was dead, but we also just got on really, really well. Um, there are a lot of similarities in he and I, and more importantly, I think at the time, the relationship that he had with his dad and the one that I had with mine, um, you know, you could just see so many parallels. Um, and I think that was that was probably where we where we kind of hit it off. And 
you know, like I'm quite uh, I'm quite an open person. Um, I talk quite a lot to my customers about about lots of different topics. Um, and and with Jack was no different, except for this time I had someone who uh, who just wanted to keep talking as well. So, you know, it was quite nice. We 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 just bonded. Um, and I think, you know, we we were there for one another when we both needed one another. Um, you know, we recognised that we're very fortunate that we had each other's friendship, uh, particularly at a time when I was going through, you know, what I was going through, and Jack was still. I mean, what you were twenty four. Back when, we met, when we met 24 and, and when my dad died 22 yeah so I, I absolutely needed that almost that big brother figure Ben's you know not that much older than me but but slightly older I won't reveal how much but you know Ben has lived a life that perhaps I was living at the time and yeah I could look to him as 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 a support system and a support network as he also did with me I think yeah I was yeah I was probably coming out the tail end of living a relatively debauched 20s and you were sort of um you know mid mid debauch lifestyle weren't you so yeah so i think there was there were there were you know there are a lot of, there are a lot of parallels a lot of similarities and you know um but it was it was it, it was just good to have someone i suppose away from our conventional friendship groups away from our kind of family units to be able to talk to you quite openly about these things um and yeah, it just kind of grew from there. I mean, Jack and I, what well, we were friends for, we were friends for a good couple of years before we sat down and sort of spoke about the idea of the charity. And actually, um, you know, Jack's mum is absolutely the reason why the charity exists today. So uh, do you want to sort of explain a little bit about where you and Glor went? Absolutely. So my mum, Glor, called Glor because her actual name's Gainer. So we all called her Gloria Gainer. Obviously, that's the... Uh, that's the link there. She um, was just pretty sick of having such a, a miserable man for a son. You know, I'd gone through various losses at that point in my life, you know, none more so important than my dad dying, but relationship breakdowns, that sort of thing. Um, and I was really in a bad spot with my mental health, suffering a lot with anxiety, um, sort of abandonment related anxiety, which I still suffer with now, to be honest with you. But, you know, I needed to get hold of, of what it was and, and how it was affecting my life and my mum said look I've seen this thing on this morning of all places with Phil and Holly and it was a, a an anxiety retreat kind of you know you go away you lock yourself down for four days with people that feel the same you know it's almost parallels to, to what we're doing with the charity it's just you know everyone in it together team effort working out why you feel the way you feel and finding um, you know good techniques to, to help and, and live a life positively with with you know the, the issue in your head or whatever it whatever it may have been um so she picked me up literally off the floor and took me to this retreat in january 2018 um and i reckon a week out of that me and ben were having a conversation about what we can be doing for the greater community in the grief world um you know i sat down with ben and said i, I want to take this conversation that we're having further let's do it in the hospice that my dad was in and ben said no let's go one better let's do it in london and i think perhaps Two or three months later, we hosted our first good grief session. And then from there, it's grown basically month on month. And now we, as I said, we run, um, well, last week we ran five five meetings. Um, this week we've got another three. And yeah, we're just going from strength to strength. And it's something that we're both very proud of and that we care a lot about. I, th I think I think the big thing there, to, you know, to, to kind of make a real note of is that we went uh, in May 2018, we hosted the first meeting. Uh, it took us, I think, about five months to host three meetings. 
Um, and we're now at 18 meetings a month, uh, two and a half years later. Um, wow. You know, with, uh, as Jack says, good grief is our bread and butter. So talking about grief, uh, talking about dead people, which we love, um, it's our favorite. Um, but yeah, now, now having launched, um, launched a men's mental health group uh, called Boys Talk, um, which launched last month and is already uh, is going really really well. Um, and then early into next year, we're 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 launching uh, sort of more meetings, uh, more things, more more opportunity for people to talk openly about their mental health. What does um like a so you say that you, you're running all these sessions and stuff? What does a typical kind of session look like? It's... Ben, do you want to take this? Yeah, yeah, they're obviously different now. Jack highlighted the fact that we used to do um, in-person meetings, which, again, as he said, we will go back to when um, when we're allowed to. Uh, but effectively, at the moment, what they look like is uh, we get, I think it's mad. T tonight, we've got some ridiculous numbers. We've got about uh, 25, 26 in each meeting tonight. So we run meeting A at um, 6 o'clock tonight, and then meeting B will run from, from 7.30. Uh, everyone will join the call. We'll kind of have what Jack refers to as a lobby, which is like five, 10 minutes, just absolute nonsense chat. Uh, if Jack was there tonight, yeah, if Jack was there tonight, we'll be talking about his Christmas decks, <laughs> how he basically found them by a bin. Uh, and then um, that's what she's done. <laughs> um, and then, uh, and then, you know, Jack very eloquently, or whoever is hosting the meeting, because it's not just us that host meetings anymore, whoever is hosting the meeting will very eloquently explain what it is that we're there for. Um, and we ask one thing at the beginning of every meeting, and that's that everyone says why they're there. So with our grief meetings, it's, you know, who you lost when you lost them. And with our mental health meetings, it's, you know, what you're suffering with, you know, what you're bringing into that meeting that, that day. Um, and that could be something that's happened that day, that week, or, you know, is a collective of time um, over a period of time. Um, and then we offer the room. So we say whoever wants to speak, if anyone wants to bring anything up, they're welcome to. Uh, and to be honest with you, the conversations just flow from that point. Um, we're conscious of the fact that my cat is headbutting the door to try and get in. Um, we, you know, we kind of just let it happen. And, and whoever is hosting will kind of direct the conversation if it needs it, or if it's a bit of a slow burner, they'll, they'll kind of start those conversations. But generally, when you put a group of people in a room together who are there to talk, they will talk. Mm. Yeah, that sounds, sounds like a really good setup, to be fair. We've found, particularly as well with, with the Boys Talk group, you have there, uh, you know, a, a group of lads who obviously don't have the space usually to open up. Given that space, it's amazing to see just how much people have to say. And you would assume that, you know, with something so sensitive in a world where it perhaps it still isn't as socially accepted for some bonkers reason to be an open, honest man, you know, you'd expect there to be some some shyness perhaps or some trepidation about being so vulnerable. But from our experience so far, that's just not been the case. And everyone really is chomping at the bit to have their say. And it's such a lovely thing that we've been a part of, again, you know, the bread and butter of good grief, but boys talk, we've extended both meetings 
by I think 35, 40 minutes both times because each boy there has, has had so much to say. And, you know, that's a room a room of about 15 lads that have never met each other in their lives, you know. Again, I guess protected by the, the virtual element of these meetings, which is one plus of, of doing these things mm. on your laptop or on your phone, is that you can turn the camera off, you know, you can you can mute your mic and just listen if, if that's what you'd rather do. Um, perhaps face-to-face it'd be a little bit more difficult to be so vulnerable, but it's been a real beautiful thing to have experienced so far. Yeah, and I, I guess kind of like under the right conditions and the right amount of pressure, like we can, like the world forms diamonds. So I guess if you put any anything in the right kind of conditions, then it will flourish. And I guess if you put a bunch of boys in a group chat and you know that the only reason they're there is to to talk and to feel better and to be open and honest, then they know that there's zero judgment. It's great to see that the lads are going in there and they are just kind of letting loose and just saying, right, do you know what? This is what's bothering me. Mm either who's going through that or who's been through that or can you help or just knowing that someone else is also going through something it's quite nice to kind of know that as as lads it is like men don't cry and man up and all of these kind of things and it's actually like do you know what sometimes a good cry does just make you feel better because it's your body's way of letting go of that kind of negative emotion and and talking and being open I find especially does does help so the fact that you're giving that environment and the lad they're taking it they're taking that that stage and they, they're talking and they're opening up which is for me i think it's incredible yeah i mean you know the, the whole point of what we do is about sharing experience right and it's about educating one another so if you've got a room full of 20 people who half the room will understand exactly what you are feeling the other half of the room will be learning from that experience that you're talking about. Um, and that's what's really important for us. Uh, but this kind of, you know, this idea of like men, you know, not being able to talk openly is, I mean, we think it's bullshit. I mean, you know, Jack and I are quite open people. I mean, you've probably got to be relatively open to start a charity about talking. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, we, you know, we, we fully stand behind our message, which is a conversation will change the world, right? It's that slowly, bit by bit, we can um, change, you know, the way that men think about themselves, the way that men behave, the way that, you know, men treat other people and treat themselves as well. Is that um, if we can kind of open up this dialogue, uh, you know, and, and slowly, bit by bit, feed into all different types of, of, of men, um, then, then we're able to make a real difference and really impact actually um, future generations. Um, but, you know, we all need it. We all need to talk. We all need to be open. We all need to cry from time to time. You know, it, there's no shame in it. There's nothing wrong in it. Um, it's a perfectly normal, natural way to behave. And actually, by having a conversation, you'll realise that you'll get somewhere a lot quicker than if you start screaming and shouting and arguing we actually have uh the cry club which is this thing that's just appeared out of nowhere without us even thinking about it where you're inducted into the cry club if you are crying on on a call if, you, if you're brave enough to show your truest emotions in in the form of tears in front of everyone on the call and it's celebrated you know we we when we when we have physical meetings we we have biscuits and tissues in the middle of the table because we encourage people to cry and we encourage people to eat the biscuits and it's the same with the virtual meetings you know you are encouraged to to open up and and to be vulnerable and to cry because joe you're absolutely right mate like 
there is no one in the world that won't feel better for having a little cry from time to time you know it's it's really it's necessary and your body tells you when it's coming you can feel it you can feel that i'm gonna have a cry in the next couple of days it might be today it might be tomorrow it might be when i'm on the virtual call talking about you know my dead dad or it might be when i'm on the virtual call talking about the anxiety that i've got as a result of abandonment and you know it's it's no shame there is no shame in in being that vulnerable and being that open i think it's probably the bravest thing you can do actually is is cry in front of strangers yeah no i completely agree and i think if i look back to the last time i lost someone it was a very weird period it was kind of it was in early 2018 and two lads that i'd grown up with passed away like a week before one was on christmas day um, and one was a, a few days before and they were both 22 at the time I was I think I was 24 no one one was 24 one was 22 um, so that was one was expected one was a complete shock and at Christmas that's not what you expect and like these two lads I'd grown up playing football for their dads and it was a very like it shocked Cambridge where I lived that both of these lads had died so quickly together like the whole of Cambridge kind of like the, when Jay passed out of cancer, like the Cambridge United football team, the shops sold out of ties in one day for his funeral. Like they've never sold so many ties and scarves in all of their lives. And um, about a week after Christmas, I then lost my nana. And for me, my nana was one of my most positive influences in my life. Um, I didn't really, I grew up with no grandparents, like no grandfathers. They both died young. And and I kind of, I remember up until the funeral, I didn't cry at all. I didn't cry when I heard she died. I didn't cry either at the lad's funerals. And I think just that total overwhelm of emotion that when it got to her funeral, I was in absolute pieces. And I think that maybe I would have been able to deal with the funeral better had I been proud enough to admit that I was upset with the first kind of two losses and kind of kind of just opened up a bit and maybe spoke to people I kind of hid it away I grafted I carried on working I just compartmentalized it pushed it to the side then next thing you know you're at this funeral with family that you've not seen for years and people you've never even met before and I was tried to do a speech to honor my nana and I literally got about three words in and that was it I was gone for the rest of the day and it's like the one thing I wanted to do and I couldn't and it's like maybe if I'd actually just kind of been honest and open and kind of admitted how much it affected me I might have been able to deal with that situation a little bit better. You just use the buzzword. You just use the buzzword that we we, we use a lot. Oh, here well. we go. <laughs> that is the idea of pride. You know, you said yeah. you, you you were proud of 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 the love and and the, and the sorrow. Like that's something we say a lot. Is be proud of your grief. You know, if if you're proud of your grief, which we all are, you know, for for loving and missing the people that have left such an impactful and positive influence on our life. You know, you won't shy away from telling people just how much you miss them. You won't shy away from telling people just how much you love them. You know, Ben and I are great examples of two boys that are so proud of being the sons of the dads that we had. And, you know, that's just, there's no way that their legacy was to just fizzle out, you know, with a whimper. That's just not what this was. It wasn't meant to be that way. And, and we want to tell the world about our dads. And, you know, what we do by meeting people like yourself, Joe, is we, we have these conversations about your two friends and your nana and, you know, we, we hear weekly about people's parents or siblings or, you know, grandparents or friends. And it's, it's, that's what I'm saying. That's the pride. That's the, you know, be, be proud and don't be ashamed of the fact that you, you miss these people. Like there is no shame in that whatsoever. I think that's spot on. And I remember at my Nana's funeral, my uncle said like their memory will only fade when the last person stops thinking about them. I think that like if you always talk about them, like even now my mum still talks about her nana who 
died 20 years ago and was like 95 and and even now my mum still talks about her and it's clearly she meant a lot to my mum and I think that yeah it's like you said like be proud of that grief and be proud of the people they were when they were here and I was I was actually looking on on the Instagram earlier and it was um a guy was saying about the first 21 years of his life before he met his wife he knows will be worse than the 30 years after she died because at least in the 30 years after she died he has the memories yeah and I think that that was reading that I was kind of like shit that's I was like wow that's the fact that he's gone through such a horrible thing and he's already excited for the next 20 30 years because he still has those memories like you said he's proud of those memories and he's proud to kind of to keep pushing forward it's yeah it's uh, that i mean that particular post is is beautiful the sentiment there is is exactly what we're about that's you know why we started the charity it's it's this idea that you know there are stories left to be told about these people to people that haven't heard them yet and you know i i think that yeah that particular post you're talking about joe is is incredible and um yeah i'm pleased that you, you spotted that that was a a really lovely thing to have heard and, and to have shared with the world but um ben also though I'm sure can tell us or can tell you about the, you know, the new group that we're launching as well. Cause we're, we're under no illusions that grief is all positive in that our relationships with these loved loved ones aren't always, you know, as special as, you know, mine, for example, my dad or, or, or Ben's with his. So we've actually launched um, it's complicated, which is a, or we're launching it's complicated, which is a new group that um, will be featuring one of our hosts next month that I'll let Benny explain. Sorry, I had to mute myself because there was a train going by then. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't want to detract away too much from kind of the purpose of this call and just sit here and promote our meetings. But um, yeah, like, you know, we, we acknowledge that, um, and, and, and rightly so, we acknowledge that like all grief isn't this kind of, you know, uh, sense of overwhelming love and that, that, that quite often... Um, there's a lot of difficult emotions regardless of, of the relationship with the person that are kind of, uh, you know, within, within grief. Um, and I think, uh, we, we sort of have realized that we need to create a space for people who are, uh, maybe not as comfortable talking openly about, uh, about their relationship with the person that they've lost um, in, a, in, a, in a room full of people who are talking so positively and openly about how much they loved and cared about this person um, or their person. Um, so we're launching a group called It's Complicated, um, which effectively is, you know, is for people who have uh, taken their own lives, um, for people who have uh, suffered with addiction, perhaps, um, and maybe the end of the relationships that, that they have left behind have, have created some quite kind of difficult feelings and difficult emotions that you know um, people aren't as necessarily comfortable talking about openly like I say in a group in a room or a, a call full of people who are talking about how great grief is and how much they love someone um, so yeah so uh, that that's launching I think early next next month so um, and we'll also take our meeting total to about 20 odd meetings a month as well which is quite a lot but yeah just giving 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 other people that opportunity to kind of feel everything that they need to feel as well i think 
yeah that that sounds like a really kind of good kind of opposite to the, the first one and kind of not forgetting that not everyone that passes always leaves such a positive thing but it doesn't mean that the person that's still here has to kind of carry that baggage like you can talk about it you can hit these problems and these traumas head on and I think that like well the number one killer in men under 45 is suicide the fact that men feel like they have to take their own life in order to end the pain is is shows how serious I guess the issue is of us being able to open up and and talk about issues the fact that it's taking more lives than than cancer and and other things that are maybe more mainstream and I think that kind of having the angle of actually like everyone says it's okay not to be okay and it's it's okay not to be okay about the fact that there is aftermath of someone passing I guess yeah I, th- I th- you know I think one of the really important things that we have to take into consideration when we do sort of use the statistics around suicide I really just to be clear really don't like the word suicide I think it has a lot of negative connotations um, For sure. um so I'm going to correct myself there. So I think one of the really important things that we need to take into consideration when we're talking about people taking their own lives is that it is no different to an illness um, that people die of naturally. Mm. Um, you know, people who take their own lives are clinically unwell. Um, I was having a conversation yesterday with a, a friend of mine who um, sat with one of their friends the day before she took her own life recently. Um, and he said that initially there was kind of this manic state from her when he first met up with her in the morning and then that kind of that dis, dis, dissipated and, and there was this kind of sereneness to her, um, which is almost, you know, acknowledging the fact that she was she, she had called in the morning and said, I'm suicidal. And I think she'd most likely not that I want to second guess the situation, but probably come to terms with the idea of what she was going to do, because then later that night she went and took her own life if somebody chooses to do that if somebody chooses to do that if somebody does that it's because they are unwell it's it it, it, it is an illness and I think um what we can obviously do to try and try and help them is to talk as openly and as honestly as possible the idea of suicide prevention to me again not that i want to use that word but it's what we all recognize the idea of prevention doesn't really make a lot of sense to me because we are talking about someone who is going most likely to do that if they've decided if they if they feel they need to do that um However, what we can do is to try and talk as much as possible to make people realise that it is okay to talk, it is okay to be open, and and hope that that stops some people from making that decision, from doing those things. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that, like, I'm more than open enough to admit, like, obviously, I I say what I, I think, but if someone with more knowledge comes in and makes the kind of comments that you've made, then fair enough, like, we need some people like you guys that are on the inside that know more about it, kind of correcting maybe the way we talk about it, maybe the way it's talked about in, in mainstream media and stuff like that. And actually, if we have a bit more of an understanding, like you said, it's, it, it may not be 
cancer that's killed them, but it is still an illness. It is still something that that needs to be kind of taken seriously. Um, and I think that, like you kind of said, like having a having a space where people can kind of go to anonymously and just say, look, this is what's going on. And just sometimes just saying that is so much more powerful than any response that anyone could ever give, just being able to actually just kind of get it off your chest, I suppose. The whole point of what we do is about holding space for others. I think one of the things that people say all of the time is, what can we, what can I, what can I do personally for someone who has just lost someone? And I think a lot of people kind of make this assumption that, um, you know, you need to constantly pester them and badger them and ask them how they are. And are you okay today? How are you doing today? What's going on today? So like, do you know what? There's, there's nothing worse than being hounded, no matter how you feel by anyone. Bless my mum. She learned to stop hounding me years ago. She was, I think she, she probably took the brunt of it from me, but like, you know, like when that's, that's that constant barrage of like, how are you? How are you? How are you? Like, you don't want that from anyone we hold space so all we do is we give people a place to be able to come and talk if they want to talk and that's what we should be doing for everyone and the thing is what we're trying to do is make this commonplace so we don't right let's be clear we don't want to exist in 20 30 40 50 years because if we don't exist if we've gotten to a place where we don't need to exist i'm hoping that's because we've gotten to a place where it is common for people to hold space for one another all of the time. It's about saying, hey, look, I know you're hurting. I know you're going through something and I need you to know that I'm absolutely here whenever you need that, no matter when it is, no matter what time of day. Oh, we lost Benny. I think so. I think that train's absolutely killed him off. <laughs> the joys of doing a lockdown podcast is fine. People understand. He was, he was, he was mid, mid sentence as well, but he's, he's absolutely right. I can pick up from, from where he's leaving off. It's, it's about facilitating. We, we are the facilitators of these conversations, you know, nothing more than that. And, and the beauty, the beauty of the attendees opening up to one another um, and the hosts, you know, directing that conversation if, if they need to, but ultimately just being a part of that conversation as well, because it's important to remember that, you know, Ben and I are very much a part of, of the grief. We're very much a part of, of Boys Talk, two men that have suffered and, and navigating our lives with, with mental health struggles, you know? Um, and I think it's, as Ben was about to say, it's, it's crucial for us to recognize that we don't want to exist forever. We wanna, we wanna make sure that in 20, 30, 40, 50 years time, these conversations are commonplace and you don't wait to appear on a, on a Google Hangouts call uh, with a room full of strangers to tell people that you know, you're having trouble or that you're thinking about taking your own life or you, know, you, you can just say that openly and honestly and, and not be judged. That's the aim. And I think that's good. I think like obviously in the third, the first rule of business is kind of like making it sustainable to last generations and, and building a legacy and stuff. But I guess like the beauty of your legacy is the quicker that you're not needed, the better. 
absolutely oh that's yeah it, it wholeheartedly agree and you know there, there's big plans for the charity there's 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 work that we can be doing away from the support groups as well you know we want to get into into schools we want to get into universities and re-educate um you know young people and and you know I've, I've often spoke about had i have been a part of a seminar for example uh the year i graduated from portsmouth university and and a, a, a lad who looked a bit like me was stood there and said you know, my dad died a year after I graduated. Um, you know, I reckon I'd have been a little bit more prepared than than where I was when my dad died a year after I graduated. And you know, we we've got plans to 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 take this conversation into all four corners of the world. And you know, we, we don't dream too big. We we feel that everyone, given a little encouragement, can open up and can speak. Even those that perhaps feel more isolated or introverted than than the rest. There's there's people that feel the same as you and there's people that will probably talk to you about feeling that way. And, you know, to be honest with you, Joe, I think, um, you know, for as long as for as long as we're all ridden off the same sheet, which I think we are, I think we can make some real big difference to a lot of people that, um, you know, maybe don't even know that they need it. And I guess that's a great kind of opportunity for you to kind of say, how can people find you? How can they contact you? Like, what's the situation with these hangouts? Like if, if someone wanted to take action as soon as they finish listening to this, how would they be able to do that? uh i can tell you absolutely i just want to let you know as well that ben's text me saying that his internet has completely cut out so <laughs> I, I will send you all his best from this point on unless he jumps on halfway through um we are easily found on the socials at tnn charity most active on instagram um on that you will find all sorts of information about the various groups that we're running where and re where and when um as i said all will be all over um google hangouts at the moment but um you know that's good grief groups a b and c which run on mondays and wednesdays we host a black and brown good grief group for black and brown grievers which is held every other thursday currently um we've got a boys talk meeting every other thursday as well so there's plenty going on at any one time at cnn um the new normal charity.com is the website uh, again all of our timetables all of the information um ways to get involved ways to donate of course as well because we are a charity and and we do do this for free um you know and we need we need the help and to, to run the website and this sort of thing um but yeah it's it's we're, we're easily found at tnn charity on socials like i said and, and all the information um is there and it's yeah an exciting time to be a part of the charity because as we enter 2021 and hopefully see the back of this god awful year um you know there's going to be some some exciting developments and, and new groups lots of ideas being had at the had at the moment um tnnhq is is constantly a buzz with with how we can be helping all sorts of different young people with their you know life problems that are very very normal this is the thing i want to sort of just end with it's 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 very very normal to feel the way you feel and i think when you're sat in a room with people that feel the exact same you you feel less of an alien because we've all been there haven't we mate you know you feel yeah, for sure. you feel you feel like you shouldn't feel the way you do or you know i'm wrong for feeling this or you know my friends don't feel this way so why do i and i'm telling you now that's not the case you know you'd be proud of, of whatever it is you're feeling be it grief or, or mental health struggle um and know that there's people in the world that feel the exact same and want to talk to you yeah, and to be honest, my last question was going to be, what's your one piece of advice? But I genuinely think you've just absolutely hit the nail on the head with, with your last comment. I think that kind of ends the podcast perfectly. I think people know how to find you. I think they know what you're doing. I think the work that you're doing is incredible. I, for one, I'm going to jump on your website straight now and donate so that you can keep that website going for another couple <laughs> of weeks, hopefully. Um, and I guess, like, yeah, I mean, fortunately, I'm 
I feel like I'm not in a position where I need you guys, which is which is awesome because it's that's that's where we want people to be. But I know that there will be there have been many a time in the last couple of years where, to be fair, that kind of that period that I've talked about that probably four to six months after I didn't really deal with it, and that was the period where I, I probably needed this most. And I wish I would have even known that you were a thing or or it, it was available or whatever. I would have definitely taking it up back in 2018 because that was definitely a period where for me personally this sounds like the perfect solution and I feel like it's nice for me knowing that there is this available as well if I feel like I ever get to that position I feel like it's there which is which is a great option for people to have and I guess yeah is there there anything at final that you wanted to add or yeah just a couple of very quick things I want to uh firstly ask you a question mate and that's something that we we kind of encourage anyone to do when they're having conversations with friends or family or acquaintances or otherwise about grief and loss Uh, you know we're often asked what do you say to someone when they tell you that their dad's died and you know it's it's awkward I don't know how to reply to that well simply put and I'm going to ask you this question now what what were your loved ones names you know like you tell me that your, your two friends died and your nana I want to know mate what were their names and and that starts that conversation you know and that's a lovely way to to open up the dialogue but genuinely I would like to know what their names were so there was Jay who um, was born four days after me my first ever football team I played for he, his dad was assistant manager there was Jordan who I played football with a lot with his brother, many teams. Um, he was a big kind of, he and I used to talk a lot. I did some PT for him um, and we worked together at David Lloyd when I was there. And then Marjorie was my, was my Nana, who was my biggest fan. Honestly, when I got business cards, you would have thought I'd won the Nobel prize. And I was like, you literally Nana, you go on Canva, you just do it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and she honestly thought I'd won like a Nobel prize. She was so proud of me, which was, I only wish, she could have seen, just lived a couple more years longer and just seen the work that I've done and the things that I've achieved this year. I wish she could have seen that because she would have seen it was only the start. Yeah. But it's one and, thing she... Sorry, Matt, I didn't mean to put across you. No, I was just going to say, there's one thing she taught me is there's no such thing as can't. So she said, like, always find a way, always be happy. Um, and, like, there's no such thing as can't. If you, like, there is a way, just find someone to help you or find something to help. Um, if you feel like you can't do something yourself and that's something that's kind of resonated with me a lot in my life really I'm sure um, without because without saying she'd be massively proud of you and you know that's that is an example of how easy it is to open up the dialogue you know you've you've, uh, uh, it's such a simple method is such a horrible word but you know a a, a social cue let's say to ask somebody the the names of their loved ones and, and open up you know the conversation at this point with someone in yourself who wants to talk who wants to speak you know and, and if that conversation doesn't want to be had did they'll just say what their names were and and, and leave it at that but I'm, I'm pleased that you've shared that mate I thank you for uh, yeah for, for answering and then the second point I was going to make simply is just tell tell people about the charity if you know if you're in your position now thankfully and you don't feel like you need the services tell someone that does and as to anyone listening who, who feels that there might be a man in their life that wants to speak or you know you know a friend who's just lost a loved one tell them about at and charity on on instagram um you know and it's just about that building the community building the conversation spreading it further and further and with more conversation with more um, dialogue will we'll change more lives and that's the most important thing and ben's rejoined us so i'm gonna let ben say goodbye already final thoughts <laughs> having, having reconnected yeah sorry about that apparently there's some sort of issue with virgin media in central london um which uh has just completely ruined this podcast for everyone. I'm sure everyone listening is sat there now going, oh, fucking, 
you had to listen to Jack for five minutes. <laughs> we had to. Yeah. It have stayed been, quiet for a while. Have you been talking about your Christmas decks, Jack? No, not quite. I, I'll be honest. It's yeah. It's it's been it's been at the forefront of my mind throughout this beautiful conversation. Simply is just what else is in that bag of tricks other than the fairy with no face. But I will let you know. Perhaps that, as I said, can be a podcast in itself. We'll come back. Joe can ask us about the Christmas decorations, and I'll uh, I'll tell you what was hot and what was not. Episode seven of the Mitfit Podcast. <laughs> Jack <laughs> opens his bag of Christmas decorations he got for a tenner of Gumtree. <laughs> Sounds like Big Brother, doesn't it? <laughs> Joe, I can't like I don't know about you, but I'm excited to see the state of the tree itself. Um, He's yet to get the tree, so it's going to be the final piece is going to be one of intrigue. I must admit, <laughs> it'll be a sorry-looking tree. I know that. Much. <laughs> oh, Can't be too big, but no. no, it won't fit on the boat. It needs to be small enough that it'll go down there. So, yeah, only three exactly. feet. <laughs> well, thank you both very much for your time. Um, I do massively appreciate it, and I will be sure to absolutely pump the hell out of your socials and just keep pumping and like you said trying to I can definitely think of lads in football teams and that that I know that maybe um, like we've seen before with issues with kind of like homophobia and stuff in football teams and I think there is that masculine element where people feel that they can't open up so I think there's definitely some teams I'll be passing that through Um, and like you said even at the younger ages just trying to start opening those conversations at a young age but thank you both for your time um i'm sorry that i disappeared for five minutes i can only apologize. that's all right mate we missed you we did we missed you I, so. no jack wouldn't have missed me i can assure you jack wouldn't have missed me. <laughs> you can't jack see probably, podcast, jack probably shut your wi-fi head. off yeah. <laughs> he's got a blocker on his phone no, you know, it's because so recently someone referred to jack as my sidekick and he's been reeling ever since and trying to find ways of making sure that it's just him um, I'll, take I'll take exception. I know I'm psychic, but thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> uh, Joe, it's been a pleasure, mate, as well. I, I want to thank you and, and, and echo back what you've just said to us, all the good work you're doing, and uh, for sharing this space with us today and, and telling us, you know, about your grief and, and your loss as well. It's, it's it really isn't uh, something we take lightly, mate. I appreciate honestly just how regular it happens with us, but for every person that speaks to us, is just that step in the right direction that we're all trying to take together so thank you mate for for hosting this space and for doing what you're doing as well no for sure i I say to my clients obviously in fitness your body is your own body what may work for one client won't work for you and you've got to kind of find your own journey find your own way of getting the results that you want and i think it's exactly the same for the mental side which is why i wanted to get you guys on it's kind of like i can my clients have everything they need fitness wise for me but it's like what about in inside the head What, what happens then um and i think that's kind of why i wanted to get you guys on and it's been an absolute pleasure and i can imagine that i this i don't think this will be our first conversation so which is nice great well i look forward to the next one mate cheers thank you guys lovely to meet you joe